I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome into 49ers Access. My name is Sterling Bennett, and today we are going to react to Demeco Ryan's signing with the Houston Texans to become their brand new head coach. Also going to get into Trent Williams' retirement rumors, and what did Jimmy Ward say on his Instagram Live? You are not going to want to miss that, but without further ado, let's dive into the impact Demeco Ryan's leaving for Houston will have on this team. And to start, let's give our congratulations. First off, great job, Demeco Ryan's. Phenomenal job. You deserve this. You've earned this. You were a phenomenal player in Houston and in Philadelphia. You were a great linebackers coach in San Francisco under Robert Sala, having been pivotal in the growth of Aziz Alshire, Drake Greenlaw, who just got paid this year. And, of course, all-pro Fred Warner without Demeco Ryans. Those three men, amongst others, are not at the level they are today without him. Demeco Ryans took what he learned as a player and instilled it in guys like Fred Warner, made them, partially made them who they are today on the field. And, look, Demeco Ryans is going to do a phenomenal job. I understand there are questions about Houston, the ownership, the GM. There's so many things to wonder about what's going on in Houston. They're kind of a dumpster fire, but Demeco Ryans seems like the right man for that job. He's a good person. He is an outstanding coach, an outstanding defensive coordinator who hopes to take what he's learned. Remember, he turned down the Minnesota Vikings job last year because he wanted to learn more. He didn't think he earned the job, deserved the job just yet. Didn't think he had learned enough to become a head coach. He now thinks he belongs in football, belongs in the NFL as a head coach, and he earned the job with Houston. So a great job to the Mecca Ryans and a great hire for the Houston Texans. Multiple first-round picks, almost $40 million in cap space. He can turn that thing around overnight in the snap of a finger. But six years, he got the Kyle Shanahan contract of five years. And good job for Demeco Ryans. And look, what happened today with Demeco Ryans really is, and by not taking away the credit he's put in, all the work he's put in, it shows that, again, the culture Shanahan and Lynch have created here. They bring on amazing, talented people to be defensive backs coach and offensive coordinators and pass game coordinators and linebackers coach then become defensive coordinators. Good leaders, great leaders surround themselves with other great leaders, with other great assets, other great people to help them along the way. Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are doing that. 
whether it's Adam Peters for Lynch, Demeco Ryans for Shanahan. They have surrounded and continue to surround themselves with not just the big-name people, but the guys that, that deserve the job, guys who they can instill confidence in, and in return, they can pay it forward. And they can also pay Shanahan and Lynch back with their performance. And Demeco Ryans, Mike McDaniel, LaFleur, so many others along the way have done the same thing. Salah and Demeco Ryans is another example of just that. A player that was a great player in the NFL, came in, had the knowledge, the talent to coach. Shanahan and Lynch saw that, brought him on, and said, hey, teach our young linebacking core to be great. He did that. He earned the defensive coordinator job. They could have went out and got somebody else. They could have signed Vic Fangio last year, two years ago. He said, no. We're going to hire within. And as an assistant, Demeco Ryans worked his way up the ladder to become, if not the best, one of the best defensive coordinators in football this year, leading the number one defense in the NFL. So congratulations to Demeco Ryans. Phenomenal stuff. But the question now becomes, how does it impact San Francisco? What's next for San Francisco? And uh, per Matt Barrows of The Athletic, he says the assistance he has heard Demeco Ryans might want to take with him to Houston are Bobby Slowick, San Francisco's pass game coordinator, Stephen, and I hope I don't butcher this, Stephen Adoke, defensive quality control coach, and Andrew Hayes Stoker, defensive quality control coach, with an outside chance that assistant defensive line coach Daryl Tapp might join him as his defensive coordinator. Again, nothing confirmed just yet, but three guys Ryan's might take with him to Houston. And and look, it's not just about one guy leaving. It's always about who he takes with him. And thankfully, while you never want to see people leave, Chris Kosarek is not on that list. Thankfully, the Niners defensive line coach, arguably their best coach on the field, thankfully he is not on that list. Now the question becomes... Well, who's going to replace Demeco Ryans, a guy who the defense respected, a guy who you know understood each player's strengths to a T? Like, imagine moving Jimmy Ward from safety to nickel, a place where he hasn't played since what 2017. Like, no one thinks of that. Demeco Ryans did. Kyle Shanahan did. Now. Along those lines, who can you bring in that can understand that? And let's be clear here. The easier choice would be to pick someone who is in the building because they're going to know the players much better. Now, might not be a better defensive coordinator, but it's someone that can understand and know the players better, already have their respect. But it seems as if San Francisco has keyed it on three people already. They have asked the Carolina Panthers for permission to interview Steve Wilkes. Wilkes was the defensive coordinator who then took over for Matt Rule and went 6-6 six and six as the interim head coach in Carolina. Many thought he might get the head coaching job. They hired Frank Reich. Thus, Steve Wilkes, with a, new, with a new regime coming in, is likely out the door. San Francisco wants to interview him. The difference is, or, or one of the issues might that might arise is he is under contract in Carolina. Obviously, he can leave, but just another wrinkle in the fray there in case Wilkes is their top option. 
Another an, another coach is the Commanders defensive backs coach Chris Harris, and also former Broncos head coach Vic Fangio. We know Vic Fangio all too well, him being Jim Harbaugh's defensive coordinator, him being the former Broncos head coach, took a year off, and, and, and let's be honest here, Vic Fangio has been the long rumored name to replace Ryan since le- this year started. You know, there were talks of John Lynch and Fangio having dinners together, uh, Fangio just kind of all of a sudden arriving at training camp saying, hey, what's up, guys? You know, and kind of touring the facility, kind of getting to know the place a lot better. And so it does seem like the favorite is always Vic Fangio or has always been Vic Fangio. You know, Shanahan knows him very well being you know, Mike Shanahan's son, and the Niners know him obviously well with being Harbaugh's defensive coordinator. So it seems as if uh, the favorite currently is Vic Fangio, and, and, and I know fans want Vic Fangio in San Francisco again, so it does seem like he is the favorite. And, and look, Vic Fangio in 2011 led a Niners defense that had 23 interceptions and set an NFL record for fewest rushing touchdowns allowed three Three rushing touchdowns given up in 2011 with San Francisco in 16 regular season games. He's one of the smartest defensive coordinators in football, but there is a concern with Vic Fangio. And I'm not sure how big of a concern this might be, but when you think of Vic Fangio and his defense, what comes to mind for you? Because what comes to mind for myself is Alden Smith, standing up the defensive ends not being in a three-point stance and with this current iteration of San Francisco 49ers defense the defensive ends three-point stance Nick Bosa said he wants to remain in a three-point stance now if they're gonna hire Vic Fangio is that gonna be Bosa changing his style I don't think you can tell the what seems like defensive player of the year, hey, we're going to change your style of play for Vic Fangio. I think if you're going to bring in Vic Fangio, he is going to have to, and it's not a big change here, but he's going to have to you know, manipulate his scheme of, hey, defensive ends are going to be three-point stance on the ground, not standing up. These guys aren't Alden Smith. Nick Bosa is not Alden Smith. Different body type, different style of play. You cannot have these guys standing up when they don't feel comfortable doing so. Nick Bosa wants to be on the ground. Nick Bosa gets to stay on the ground. <laughs> like, it's really that simple. The other guy is Steve Wilkes. Again, you might know Steve Wilkes better as the former Cardinals head coach in 2018. They went 13-3, and allowed them to then go draft Kyler Murray. That was the Josh Rosen year, and it was a disaster. But he's actually been a really really good defensive coordinator. He was in Chicago in 2006, uh, then San Diego 2009-2010, and then the Panthers in 2017 and came back this year. He runs a 4-3 base, so it'd be a lot easier for them to transition over to him. You would still have Warner and Greenline now Shire playing linebacker, and you'd still have Bosa, Armstead, and whoever else was on that defensive line in a 4-3 base. So it, it would really be a very easy transition over. Uh, Other names to keep an eye on, in my opinion, are Corey Undland. He is San Francisco's secondary coach. Um, He is the only Niners defensive assistant, aside from Ryan's, who has experience being a coordinator 
having been the Lions DC in 2020, it wasn't great, but I do think that when you look at what he's done with the secondary, Tashawn Gibson, Talanoa Hufanga, Emmanuel Mosley, Mooney Ward, who was a pro bowler, like there are things to glean from and say, okay, this guy has potential. So Corey Unland is a name atop of Vic Fangio and Steve Wilkes. And keep an eye out for Daniel Bullocks. He is currently San Francisco's safety coach. And he's been here since 2017 when Shanahan and Lynch first came over, along with Demeco Ryans as well. And he's kind of been Demeco Ryans' quote-unquote eye in the sky, being the safety coach. He's 39 years old. He's a former second-round pick from the Lions in 2006. And it's funny because when you talk about the last guy, Corey Unland, how, how great he's been for the secondary, Hufunga, Uni Ward, Mosley, Lenore, on and on and on. Well, Daniel Bullock's being the safety coach. It's Gibson, it's Jimmy Ward, it's Hufunga. So two guys that have a good track record thus far with their time in San Francisco. Four guys who I think might be the best top choices for San Francisco. And another guy, one final person I think might be a name is Chris Richards. A lot of times you find out that if your defensive coordinator is leaving or your coach is leaving, the best thing you can do is then steal another team's assistant and make them the defensive coordinator. Steal someone that you have seen potential in elsewhere. Like It's very rare some guys go from defensive coordinator from one team to another. Guys want to ascend up the depth chart of coaching. And one guy I think that might make a name for himself, whether it's in San Francisco or even where he's at currently in New Orleans, is Chris Richard. He is currently the New Orleans defensive backs coach, but he's also a, another former defensive back turned defensive coordinator with Pete Carroll's background. So he has that, that background of Seattle defense football, which is exactly what Robert Sala had prior to coming over to San Francisco. And don't forget, he was Seattle's defensive coordinator in 2015 through 2017. They finished number two, number five, and number 11 in yards allowed with the Legion of Boom as they grow older. So Richard, to me, makes a lot of sense if they want to keep continuity, although it would be outside of the building. The scheme is very similar. And he also coached the Saints this year, obviously. And they finished second in passing yards allowed. If you want to stop this high-powered offenses in football, you are going to want to stop the pass. Obviously, Chris Richards has shown that in his short time being a Saints defensive backs coach, he can help any defense eliminate or limit the threat of the quarterback throwing deep. What hurt San Francisco this year? 24th rank deep passing secondary. Well, you're bringing in Chris Richard, that fixes that. So Fangio, Wilkes, Richard, Unlin, and Daniel Bullock's five names to keep an eye on if you're looking at, you know, who can replace Demeco Ryans in San Francisco. And another point of conversation about Demeco Ryans has been, you know, what is the compensation? Because now with the new minority coach rule, Teams get third-round picks, and or, or they get third-round compensatory picks. We've seen this with Solo, with McDaniel, with Martin Mayhew in Washington. Now, 
with Domenico Ryans, but because of Rand Carthen leaving for Tennessee early, earlier this year to become their GM prior to the playoffs starting, San Francisco does not receive a third-round pick this year. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Or next year. They have a third round pick in 2025 for Demeco Ryans. So usually you get two for one player or for one coach, excuse me. But once one coach leaves, you no longer get two for each player. You get two, and then one, and one, and one. But because San Francisco has so many third-round compensatory picks because of Sala and McDaniel and now Carthen, Demeco Ryan's is one third-round pick gets pushed to 2025. So if you're counting this year, San Francisco still has 10 draft picks Three in the third round, they have back-to-back-to-back picks. 99, 100, and 101 in the third round. They have three picks in the fifth round, 157, 166, and a pick 173. One pick in the sixth round, pick 217, and three picks in round seven. Picks 224, 249, and 255. No picks in the first round, no picks in the second round, and no picks in the fourth round, but still 10 draft picks. And Demeco Ryan's is compensatory pick coming in 2025. So I've given you five names to look out for for Demeco Ryan's. Who can replace him? Many fans want Fangio. Personally, I, I would rather want Wilkes or Richard. But again, I trust Shanahan to get this thing right. I think while there might be more of a quote-unquote concern, a very fixable issue, I might add, in Fangio standing up defensive linemen or defensive ends, I think any of those guys make a ton of sense. Personally, in this case, I don't think hiring within makes a lot of sense. I don't think the guys we've seen have done enough, in my opinion. I'm not in the building, obviously. But Domenico Ryan's, you could tell with the ascension of Alshire and Warner and Greenlaw, his mind was on becoming a head coach eventually. And the next step for him was defensive coordinator. For guys like Unland and Bullock, their mind might be on becoming a head coach, but I don't think they've done enough just yet to become the defensive coordinator. They've done great stuff, but you need two, three, four years to prove that stuff prior to getting a, a, a defensive coordinating job. And guys like Fangio, who's already done it, and guys like Wilkes has already done it, and guys like Richard's already done it, I think they might be a, a, a bigger candidate for the job. And two of those guys are already on San Francisco's radar. Don't be surprised if you see Chris Richard join the fray as candidates for that job to replace Demeco Ryans. And to further the conversation here, let's leave coaches behind. Who joins Demeco Ryans in Houston? Does somebody like, I don't know, Aziz Alshire go? What about Jimmy Ward, who we'll talk about a little later? Jordan Willis, Charles Amenehu, Emmanuel Mosley, key defensive free agents. And I'll run through five of these guys right now. First, I want to say 
I cannot foresee Charles Amenehu going back to Houston. If that doesn't make sense to me, I know the thought process might be go back to Houston and restore culture that you have now you know, seen and lived in in San Francisco. Charles Amenehu openly talks negatively about the Texans. I don't see that happening, and he has this looming domestic violence case against him. Again, I'm not saying he's guilty. I'm just saying that that's, that might be something that Demeco Ryans wants to stay away from. Guys like Jordan Willis, I can see, but I'm not sure how Demeco Ryans views Willis. He could very well see him as just a special teams guy. He can see him as a backup defensive end, but Jordan Willis might be a guy who leaves, but he also seems like somebody who would stay because he wants to win football games, and a team rebuilding like Houston might not be able to do so. But there are two guys who I can easily see leaving for the Houston Texans. And I'll tell you now, one of them is not Jimmy Ward. I could not see Jimmy Ward going to Houston. A veteran guy, he wants to win, although he wants to get paid. I'm not saying he'll stay in San Francisco. I'm just saying I don't see him leaving for a rebuild. He wants to win. You don't go to a Super Bowl and three NFC Championship games in four years and say, yeah, I want to stop doing that. Unless you're getting the bag somewhere else. And while I, while I do think Ward deserves that bag, I don't think he'll join Houston to get the bag. But the two guys I could easily see leaving for the Houston Texans are Emmanuel Mosley and Aziz Alshire. Alshire, his case is pretty simple. He's tired of sitting behind Warner and Greenlaw as the third linebacker. He wants to get the opportunity to start. Why not join Demeco Ryans and be the star linebacker there? as he starts to bring that culture over. It's a pretty simple yes or no for Aziz. I like Aziz. If he stays, that's great. Had a down year this year after a breakout 2021, so I could easily see Ryans maybe buying cheap on Alshire, bringing him in and saying, hey, you're my defensive captain. You're wearing the green dot. Take over from my defense and help us establish the culture. The other guy, Emmanuel Mosley, look, a torn ACL. He might be on the cheap. Obviously, I do think San Francisco wants to keep him. If I could choose, I would easily bring him back. But I could also see him saying, hey, look, I just signed the two-year deal in San Francisco. I also want to get paid. I'm off a torn ACL. I've shown I can be a guy, be a number two, if not low-end, number one cornerback on a really good day. And I do think for a team like Houston, who already has Derek Stingley there, they're going to want to move him into the nickel, I believe. Put Mosley on the outside. And, and boy, you have two instant starting defensive backs. Two really good cornerbacks. And I think Ryan's can get the best out of Stingley. And also bringing in Mosley, take some of the pressure off while he starts to establish that culture and get that defense in motion. So I don't think Ward's going to Houston. I don't think Amenehu's going to Houston by any means or Willis. Although I can easily see Willis transitioning over to Houston pretty simply as a special teams player or backup defensive end. You know, a, a smaller piece to help be a leader in the locker room. But I can easily see Al Shire and Mosley going over to Houston with Demeco Ryans, which are big losses for San Francisco when it comes to Mosley. And again, look, like I said, it's not just about, you know, one coach leaving. It's who they take with him. And I can easily see Al Shire and Mosley 
joining Demeco Ryans in Houston. Another topic, though, of conversation today has been Trent Williams. And it's funny because all the talk was Demeco Ryans, Demeco Ryans, Demeco Ryans. That was the big thing. Six-year contract in Houston. But out of nowhere, somebody in the media room asked Trent Williams, you're banged up, you have a boot on your foot for a minor injury, he said. And they asked him, Trent, have you thought of retiring? You know, it's been two long, grueling seasons. And he replied, yeah, you're right. You know, it has been two long, hard, you know, grueling seasons. I've had some injuries. You know, I'm 34 years old, going to be 35 when next year starts. You know, I'm not sure how long I can continue to play the game in a high level. But to me, that's him saying, yeah, I'm old. And I know at a certain point... I have to think about what does my life look after football. But Trent Williams was an all-pro this year. He was a Pro Bowl level left tackle this year. Still one of, if not the best left tackles in football. Trent Williams knows he can still play. The question isn't going to be how long can Trent Williams play football. Or, or, or at how long of a high level he can play football. The question is going to be how long can his body hold up. Missed a handful of games this year, albeit a short period of time. I think it was just two games. Got hurt in Denver. Missed the first Rams game. And then last year, he was hurt later in the season. And then played injured during the playoffs against Green Bay and against the Rams. And, you know, he wasn't that great in that game. But he's a soldier and he fought on. So, this whole Trent Williams, you know, going to retire thing, this is nothing to worry about this year. Not one single bit. Trent Williams not going to retire whatsoever. Trent Williams is going to be here next year and the next few years. Like There is no reason as or no reason why fans should worry at all. At all. He's on a six-year contract, folks. A six-year contract in 2020. He's going nowhere. He's under contract for next year, 2024, 2025, and 2026. He has three years left on his contract. He's going nowhere. And actually, I read it wrong. He has four years left. This next year, 2023, my mind got confused there for a second. 23, 24, 25, and 26. He's under contract until he's 38 years old. I see no reason as to why he wouldn't stick around. And look, there is an out after 2023. So if in after this year, if he says, I'm done, I'm broken down, I'm tired, he can get out of the contract. He can say, I'm done. But he'll leave $20 million, $23 million, then $33 million on the books. I would not be surprised with the quarterback controversy happening now in San Francisco. Is it Tom Brady? Is it Trey Lance or Brock Purdy? And all the conversation of what's going to happen at the quarterback position. I would not be surprised knowing he has an out next year or after next season that if they restructure this and get that cap hit down and figure things out on the back end, because Trent Williams is going to play at least one more season in San Francisco. He'll be 35. He'll then have to decide if he's going to play in his age 36 season in 2024. Okay? So at the least, you have one more season of Trent Williams left in San Francisco. Now, I am of the opinion of We'll get there when we get there, and we'll look at things when that time comes. 
but it's hard for me to imagine a player like Trent Williams, who I would assume is going to be playing at a high level next year, and will have the opportunity to play at a high level in 24, in 25, in 26, barring injury. That's the only concern is barring the injury. And I don't think Trent Williams, and he even said himself, it's all about what I can do in the offseason to take care of my body. And with that money, (laughs) I don't think that's going to be very hard to take care of your body. So all the talk of, is he going to retire? I think it's a bunch of freaking hoopla. It's the second day of San Francisco's offseason. They already lost what seems like their quarterback for six-plus months in Brock Purdy. They lost their defensive coordinator, and now fans are kind of stirring, going crazy, saying, what's next? And they caught the clip and lost their mind. He's going nowhere, at least for one more season. So, When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Settle down, simmer. He's going to be okay, um, at least in one more year in San Francisco. The other point I want to get to, though, is Jimmy Ward being the the angel he is. And I love Jimmy Ward so much for this. He is now an unrestricted free agent. And it's funny because <laughs> he he really is one of the more bolder players. He has no filter, and it's funny, he he himself said he plays a character for the media, so it shows that he's playing this thing up big time, but he was on Instagram Live tonight, being January 31st, Tuesday of 2023, and he said that, you know, he, he was going through the year and his career in San Francisco, talking about, you know, what it was like in 2017 under, you know, Tom Sula and Chip Kelly and, and all that crap that happened and, you know, him being hurt and trying to fight his way up in the contracts and, you know, getting paid big money in 2019 and, you know, turning down big money from the Raiders to come back here and now talking about, you know, him being a free agent again. And he told many, many stories, but one story that we actually covered here that not many others did was Jimmy Ward's frustration of playing nickel cornerback. He didn't he did not want to do it at all. He was frustrated knowing that he got hurt and he himself admitted on his Instagram live tonight that he was okay playing the bench and letting Samuel Womack, the rookie out of Toledo, play nickel cornerback this year. And if San Francisco wanted to play to Sean Gibson, letting him start over him at safety. Now, I think And the way Ward put it was essentially that San Francisco came to him and said, you're playing nickel. Jimmy Ward struggled playing nickel, didn't want to do it, went back to them post-Chiefs loss, his worst game of the year with the freaking cast on his hand, and said, hey, I don't want to do this. He didn't go to the Mecca Ryans. He went right to Kyle Shanahan and said, Kyle, I don't want to do this. And what did Kyle Shanahan say? I'll let Jimmy Ward tell you right now. What you want to do, dude? You wanna you wanna ride the bench? Oh, bro, he told me, do you want to ride the bench? That let me know right there, my spot was gone. 
Kyle Shanahan with the cold-blooded, do you want to ride the bench? Basically saying, hey, either you're going to play nickel or you're not going to play at all. But it's funny because many fans have criticized Ward for not being a team player when in reality him saying, okay, like I'll play nickel, out of position. Like me and you talked about how this, like this is not what Jimmy Ward wanted to do. He voiced his frustrations in the media and on his Instagram live just now, obviously, and talked about, hey, look, like I did something I didn't want to do, prove that I could do it, now I want to get paid. And he did discuss what it's going to cost, not exactly, but he discussed his free agency, and he discussed, actually, during the season, San Francisco came to him in a non-official contract extension talk. They wanted to get, you know, his sense of where he felt, how much he was worth, and they wanted to get a sense of, you know, where his mind was. Did he want to come back? Did he want to test free agency? Jimmy Ward explains how exactly San Francisco handled it right now. Like, see, Coach Kyle and John, they never come to me personally. They come to other players, but they don't come to me personally because, you know, we got we got a lot of scar- we got a lot of skin in the game. <laughs> I'm gonna use the venture capitalist word. We got a lot of skin in the game. So they're gonna send somebody else to come see. They're gonna send somebody who's who close to me, that's my position coach to come talk to me and stuff. So my position coach come talk to me, and he hit me with, hey, man, we can make you the highest paid nickel. But this is not Parade. Parade, this is not Parade talking to my agent. This is not John. This is not Kyle. So this is him trying to pick. He's sending somebody to pick my brain. That's why this NFL stuff, is it's, it's a game within the game. So, you know, it's a game within the game. So trying to pick my brain and stuff like that. So... And I, I only I only know how to be real about it. It's like uh, sometimes I show my hands, sometimes I don't. Like I, and I let them know. Like I, I wouldn't mind staying here, but I told them I was like, man, I said basically that's the same money that y'all trying to pay me for the safety money. If you saying nickel, because if you look at the highest paid nickel, close to the highest paid nickel, is that number. Which I'm not finna get into numbers, but if y'all go and look it up, y'all can pick two or two, and y'all know what 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 they try to offer me. Uh, well, they didn't physically try to offer me. That's just the position coach. That's just just them doing their own negotiating. But I feel like it was good negotiating. We were kind of negotiating, but it's like it's like small. It's small, but if you start at a number like that, it can only go up. So San Francisco didn't technically officially offer Jimmy Ward a contract extension, but this is actually proof that San Francisco is interested in retaining Jimmy Ward The disconnect seems to be that Jimmy Ward values himself as a free safety, and we know Deshaun Gibson on a one-year contract is also a free agent, but Jimmy Ward values himself as a safety. He wants to get paid like a safety, and San Francisco, what it seems like Ward's saying here, values him as a nickel cornerback or only wants to pay him like a nickel cornerback, which right now is around $9 million, his current salary. And he's saying, hey, guys, look, I play safety at an elite level i can also play nickel at an elite level jimmy ward wants to get paid the difference is or or the disconnect seems to be how each party values the other and this is what it always comes down to and it's not just money now it's about positional football san francisco not having a nickel cornerback next year is it mosley he's a free agent 
Is it Lenore? He was great on the outside late in the year. Is it Ambry Thomas? He hasn't shown the ability yet. They don't have Kwan Williams anymore. Is it Samuel Womack? He, he might be. We're not sure, though. No, nobody else has yet to prove themselves on San Francisco's roster when it comes to playing nickel. And Jimmy Ward's saying, look, I can play free safety and nickel, but I don't want to play nickel anymore. I never wanted to play nickel. And so this pushes me towards the thought that despite Jimmy Ward wanting and saying openly on his Instagram Live, I would like to come back to San Francisco. And San Francisco, from what it seems like, says, hey, we want you back here. The difference is, is the prices are far apart. Jimmy Ward wants to get paid top-end safety money, you know, $13, $14, $15 million, $16 million. And San Francisco is saying, hey, we'll give you nine. It's really tough to come from a seven, roughly $7 million discrepancy and find middle ground there. Now, again, it wasn't Kyle Shanahan. It wasn't John Lynch. It wasn't Pragmarate. They weren't coming to Jimmy. But they were trying to get where his head was at. How did he feel personally? He wants to come back. They want him back. The difference is they value him as a nickel, and he values himself as a safety. And the way he's played this year, now, now, now look, the open market might show Ward he ain't worth that. Personally, I think Jimmy Ward is worth $12, $13 million. And the way he played this year, I think he proved that. It's not often you find guys that are really good in man coverage. As he would say, he likes playing link coverage on his Instagram Live. But man coverage, safeties, a guy who you can play base formation with, and just play straight-up man coverage, those guys don't exist very often, and Jimmy Ward is that guy. And he also, if he has to, gives you the versatility you need in knowing we've seen guys like Sherman and Kwan and Mosley and Verrett. This year was Jimmy Ward for a certain period of time. Guys go down left and right on this defense, even on the offense. We've seen plenty of times over the course of the year, especially at quarterback. I could argue that losing Jimmy Ward, despite it might be the better option of not bringing him back based off money, he's the longest tenured San Francisco 49er, still playing at a high level, and just showed you he can play two positions at near elite levels. And he gives you defensive versatility. And it's not cornered inside to nickel. It's outside to nickel. It's safety to nickel. I think losing Jimmy Ward, while isn't invaluable, I think losing him would be a huge detriment to the defense that already has guys like Gibson and guys like Barrett, who, although he didn't play this year, is when he's healthy, a good player, albeit healthy is a relative turn there for him. But Gibson and Mosley... And Verrett, you don't want to lose Jimmy Ward, too. You don't want to lose three starting secondary pieces, Mosley and Gibson and Ward. You can't do that. That it really isn't an option for San Francisco. Now, do you re-sign Gibson, who is a little older than Jimmy Ward, who I could argue doesn't give you the versatility Ward gives you for cheaper? Maybe. Maybe that's the case. But I could argue that Jimmy Ward's a better player than Tayshawn Gibson, who's also a good player, but Jimmy Ward had his best year of his career this year. 
at least when it comes to interceptions. And if like there's a reason this defense led the league in interceptions. Guys like Jimmy Ward playing lockdown nickel. Who caused that pick against the Cowboys? A huge interception. Jimmy Ward did. Like losing someone like him, a leader, a captain, might be invaluable to the defense. And he's saying it himself. He wants to be here. San Francisco is saying, we want you here. The question is now, can they find a middle ground? And look, it's going to be an interesting offseason. An interesting offseason in San Francisco. Gibson, Mosley, Jimmy Ward, Mike McGlinchey, and countless other players or free agents this year. Who comes back? Who doesn't come back? What other coaches... Does San Francisco lose? Who follows Demeco Ryans to Houston? You have guys like Aziz Alshire putting on Instagram, you know, putting you know, certain things out there saying, hey, dropping hints. Jimmy Ward himself dropped some hints that, hey, look, like I'm a free agent now. I have an opportunity to get paid and I want to take that. So a long offseason ahead, do not miss a podcast we're not going anywhere we are covering every little detail that drops about this team starting with the Mecca Ryans and Trent Williams and Jimmy Ward's free agency decision so as we end today I want to ask you do you think Trent Williams has at least one more good season under his belt I think so and who do you think should replace the Mecca Ryans as defensive coordinator Wilkes Fangio, somebody else you think might have a great opportunity to fill the shoes Ryan has left behind, and what should San Francisco do with Jimmy Ward? Bring him back, let him walk. What do you think should happen? You can let me know on Instagram, 49ers.access, Twitter, 49ers underscore access. You are not going to want to miss an update. The Twitter was going crazy today. The Instagram going crazy today. So much news happening, and it's going to happen quick. We're already at the Senior Bowl. Then it's draft content. Then we're at the draft itself. Then before you know it, we're at OTAs, and the season is starting once again. But again, I ask you, follow us on social media at 49ers.access is the Instagram. 49ers underscore access is the Twitter you can also use our promo code 49ersaccess, 49ERSACCESS at SeatGeek.com. I know football season's over with, but if you're going to baseball games, basketball games, concerts, any event you want to go to and you can find it on SeatGeek, use our promo code 49ersaccess and you can save yourself $20 off with your first purchase at SeatGeek.com. You can also use our Fanatics link down in the description. Get yourself a discount on the best NFL gear, especially San Francisco 49ers gear. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave that review. My name is Sterling Bennett, and until next time, this has been the 49er Access Podcast, and stay faithful.